So come to him, confess your sins to a holy God, and know that you are justified because of what God has done by his free grace and in Christ alone. Welcome to the Fox Den with Terry Fox. Greetings, everyone, and welcome to another episode of the Fox Den. In this episode, we're going to take a look at the parable of the Pharisee and the tax collector found in Luke chapter 18, verses 9 to 14. And the first thing to notice here is the audience to whom Jesus told this parable. And there are two main characteristics of this audience. First, they trusted in themselves that they were righteous. And basically, they thought their observance to the law made them right with God. They thought they were without sin, and they thought they were righteous. So they didn't recognize their sin. In their minds, God was concerned about the outward observance to the law and not concerned with the heart. But the second characteristic that we see is that they treated others with contempt. They considered themselves better than others and really looked down on other people. And you can feel the hatred of these pompous men. Now, before I disparage these men any further, these men really represent us. How often do we consider ourselves better than others? How often do we think we're righteous before God because of a good deed that we have done? How many times do we think God is impressed with us because we give some money or we help our church or do some other kind of good deed? You see, we are those arrogant, hateful men. So obviously within the parable, they exhibit arrogance. But to be fair to them, they're no different than we are. So Jesus' audience includes men who trusted in themselves that they were righteous and showed contempt for others. They elevated themselves above others and looked down on them in spite. And this setting is very important for us to consider as we study this parable. So in this parable, we see two characters. One is a Pharisee and the other is a tax collector. Now let me help you get an idea of how Jesus' audience would have felt about these two characters in Jesus' parable. The Pharisee would have been seen as a hero, and the tax collector would have been considered a scoundrel, a lowlife. So, in this parable, the Pharisee prays to God, and his prayer oozes with false humility. It looks good at first, right? He gives thanks to God, but for what does he thank God? He thanks God that he's not like other men, and he rattles off a series of bad guys, extortioners, unjust, adulterers, and then he points out the worst of the worst, the tax collector. He's thankful that he's not like the tax collector. Do you see what he failed to see? He didn't see that his own heart was corrupt. He failed to see that he is exactly the same as all these guys that he mentioned, including the tax collector. Well, after he thanks God for not being like these other men, he rattles off his resume. He fasts twice a week, and he gives tithe of all that he gets. Now, perhaps there's more to this resume, and maybe Luke gave us an abbreviated version in this story, but upon hearing his accolades, I think that's it? You're super impressed with yourself because of those two things? You think you're super awesome because you fast twice a week and give tithe. And again, this is just like us. We are super impressed with our measly efforts to merit ourselves before God. 
And let me just say this at this point. Never share your resume with God. He is not going to be impressed. And when you share your resume with God, you really stand condemned. Your good works will never nullify your guilt. Think of someone who committed a crime and was found guilty in a court of law. He's a felon, and nothing can ever change that. He can't do enough good works to nullify his felony. He may have paid his debt to society. He may change his life. He might even devote his whole life to doing nothing but good works. But he's still a felon. He's a felon who does good works, but he never loses the title. And that's the same with us. We are guilty in Adam, and we continue to sin by our own choosing. So you can do nothing to nullify your guilt. That's why you can't save yourself. That's why you can't do enough good works for God to let you enter into the kingdom of God. That's why your salvation depends on someone else. Just as Adam was your representative in the Garden of Eden, Christ is your representative when it comes to salvation. You see, you don't save yourself. God saves you in Christ. You're guilty in Adam, but justified in Christ. Every person is either in Adam or Christ. And those in Adam will go to hell, and those in Christ will go to heaven. So never share your resume with God. Instead, brag about Jesus. Tell God why you need Jesus and brag about what Jesus has done for you. He perfectly obeyed the law of God and paid the debt for your sins, past, present, and future. God poured out his wrath on Jesus when he was crucified. Therefore, your sins were punished in him. Well, coming back to this parable, the Pharisee doesn't recognize his sin. He trusted in his own righteousness. That's a dangerous thing to do because he had no righteousness. Like you and me, he's guilty in Adam. He only had a false sense of righteousness because he did a couple things like fast and give. So that's the Pharisee. Now let's look at the tax collector. And let's see how he approaches God. First, he stands far off, seemingly afraid to approach a holy God. And next, he would not even look up to heaven. And third, he beats his breast. Do you feel the difference between the Pharisee and the tax collector? The Pharisee approached God with pride, with arrogance. The tax collector approaches God with humility and fear. He approached a holy God appropriately. Now listen to his simple prayer. Be merciful to me, a sinner. This prayer is so simple, yet it is so brilliant. It's honest, right? He recognizes himself as a sinner, but he also recognizes God as the source of mercy. Did you catch that? He approaches a holy God with humility, yet he rightly sees that this holy God is merciful. So he calls out to this holy God for mercy. And why did he pray this? Because he believed that God would be merciful to him. Now let's see how Jesus responds. He tells his audience that the tax collector was justified and not the Pharisee. You see that? The tax collector was justified, not the Pharisee who fasted and gave a tithe. This would have blown the minds of Jesus' audience. In their minds, they would have thought, how could a tax collector be justified? He's the worst of the worst. But they don't understand how a man is justified. We're not justified by what we do. 
It's impossible to be justified by your conduct. You stand guilty before God. That Pharisee was guilty because of his own sin, and his fasting and giving did nothing to justify him. That's why he had a false sense of righteousness. Now, let me take a moment to define what it means to be justified. It means to stand before God with no guilt. So, if we're not justified by our own efforts, then how are we justified? Well, the Westminster Shorter Catechism is helpful here. Question 33 asks, what is justification? And it answers by saying, justification is an act of God's free grace, wherein he pardons all our sins and accepts us as righteous in his sight only for the righteousness of Christ imputed to us and received by faith alone. I discussed justification in full in episode 4, but let me take a moment to unpack this question here. The first thing to notice is that justification is an act of God. Let me say this another way and make it personal. Your justification is an act of God, not you. And also notice the basis of this act of God. God justifies you based on his free grace alone. There's two things to notice about grace. First, it's free. You can't earn it. Second, grace stands in opposition to works. God justifies you because it pleased him to do so, not because you deserved it. Because you didn't deserve it. You're guilty. So the first thing to see in justification is that it's an act of God's free grace. Now let's see what God does in justification. And there's two things to see here. And this is important. First, God pardons all our sins. All of them. And to pardon here means to release you from the penalty of an offense. And God can release you from the penalty of your sin because they've been sufficiently paid for in Christ. And notice that he pardons all your sins, past, present, and future. And you may be asking, how can God forgive my future sins? I haven't even committed them yet. Well, again, he forgives them because the payment is sufficient and it pleased God to do so. But also, if tomorrow's sins aren't forgiven now, you're not justified. So God pardons all our sins in the act of justification, but he does something else. He accepts us as righteous. Only the righteous will enter the kingdom of God. And Jesus himself says this in Matthew chapter 5, verse 20. He says, unless your righteousness exceeds that of the scribes and Pharisees, you will not enter the kingdom of heaven. So how are you and I, who are guilty in Adam and guilty by our own sin, we are unrighteous by our own conduct and merit, how do we become righteous? We don't. We can't. Because we're guilty and nothing can change that. Our only hope is for God to count someone else's righteousness as ours and declare us as righteous. And that's exactly what God does. Jesus Christ perfectly obeyed the law of God, which means... He is righteous before God. Said another way, Jesus never sinned. Therefore, God declares you as righteous because he sees the righteousness of Christ in your account. Because the righteousness of Christ was applied to you. It was imputed to you. So in justification, God forgives all our sins and declares us as righteous. He accepts us as righteous. And this act of justification is received by faith alone. In Romans chapter 1, verse 17, Paul quotes Habakkuk chapter 2, verse 4. And there it says, The righteous shall live by faith. 
Now, it can be said another way. By faith, the righteous shall live. In other words, the righteous won't live blindly by faith. That's not the point that this is getting to. It means that faith brings life. Your salvation, your justification comes by faith, by believing God, not by depending on your own works or merit. So the source of your salvation, the source of your justification is faith in Christ. Your justification is received by faith alone. Now, coming back to the parable, did you catch what Jesus was telling his audience? Though they thought so highly of themselves and trusted that they were righteous, they were not justified. Their faith in themselves was in vain, and this would lead to their condemnation. Yet, to their surprise, even despicable people can be justified before God. The tax collector's simple faith was the means by which he received justification. So in this parable, there are two things for you to hear. Don't lean on yourself as if you are righteous. And don't lean on yourself as if you can obtain righteousness by doing good things. You can't because you're guilty in Adam. You've already violated the holy law of God and nothing can change that. You're guilty. Furthermore, when you think you're righteous on your own, you tend to get puffed up. You get arrogant, thinking that you're better than others. Trusting in yourself that you're righteous is a direct path to condemnation. So it teaches you not to lean on yourself as if you're righteous. Second, it teaches that we are to humbly approach our holy God for mercy. You see, when we humbly approach God, we acknowledge the truth that we are sinful and God is holy yet merciful. It teaches us that the worst violators of God's law can find mercy from a holy God. God doesn't look down from heaven with disdain for his people. He's moved by his grace and love. He loves for you to come to him and to plead for mercy, not because he likes to see you suffer or squirm. He loves it because when you do, you rightly see him as merciful. You have a correct view of God when you approach him for mercy. And not only that, he gives it freely. You see, God's not like us. We tend to be unforgiving. We want people to grovel and feel bad for their offense against us. We tend to have conditions before we forgive them. But God's not like that. He's ready now. Will God simply forgive every person because he loves to forgive? Well, certainly not. This parable teaches us that the Pharisee was not justified, which means he was not forgiven. His sins are still held against him. So why did God justify the tax collector, not the Pharisee? The tax collector recognized his sin and God's character, a holy yet merciful God, and he pleaded to God for mercy. The Pharisee trusted in himself. And because the Pharisee trusted in himself, God allowed him to stand by his own merit, which leads to condemnation. Now, I realize this is a parable, and perhaps the Pharisee and tax collector are fictional characters that Jesus used to make a point. However, the principle is the same. Those who trust in themselves are not justified, thus condemned. And those who humbly and honestly come to God Pleading for mercy will find it and be justified. Now, let me just say this in conclusion. I encourage you to take time to memorize question 33 of the Westminster Shorter Catechism. I think this is an extremely important concept to understand. 
that knowing that justification is an act of God, and it's bestowed by His free grace alone, and in it He forgives all your sins and accepts you as righteous, and don't try to earn your way to God. You can't do that. God's justification is received by faith alone. You see, when you trust Christ, God unites you to Him. Your sins are forgiven because Jesus took them on Himself and died on the cross, and His perfect life is applied to you. It's put to your account, and God accepts you as righteous because it's Christ's righteousness that He sees. And all this because God has united you to Christ by faith. So come to Him. Confess your sins to a holy God. And know that you are justified because of what God has done by His free grace and in Christ alone. That concludes this episode. If you have any questions, please email me at terry at thefoxdenjournal.com. If you enjoy The Fox Den, please leave a positive review and share this podcast with others. And if you haven't done so already, please subscribe. The Fox Den is a member of the Society of Reformed Podcasters. Thanks for listening. Remember, faith comes by hearing.